We're glad you are part of our community. I'm Bill Galtier, and I'm with my wife and partner, Christy. We're doctors of psychology and the founders of Soul Shepherding. We hope you were encouraged by our just-finished series of podcasts on our new book, Healing Prayer for Emotional and Physical Wholeness. You can order this book on our website. Today is part of a series of Soul Talks on Relationally Healthy Leadership. We'll be drawing on material from our Institute in Spiritual Formation and Soul Care. As part of our Institute, you can earn a certificate in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction. Prepare to be inspired in your role for serving God. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1, that it's a good thing to aspire to leadership, as long as we remain submitted to God and in sync with the love of Jesus. friends, we're continuing our series on leadership, soul shepherding style, which we call relationally healthy leadership. Uh, we're so thankful for Sun Lee, Cambodian pastor that we've connected with in our Soul Shepherding Institute, and he serves the Lord as a church planter in Cambodia and also here in uh, Santa Ana, California. The Lord has used him to plant five uh, churches, and he works uh, very hard serving God and uh, leading people to Christ and building up the church, a number of churches, as I said. So in our institute, Sun Lee was just wide-eyed and soft-hearted to God because uh, 20 years of working so hard as a pastor, and uh, he's been to retreats, but as the, is the case for most pastors, these are more like conferences for learning, and he's sitting in our Soul Shepherding Institute circle and the experiences that, that we lead, and including the, the TLC time for soul space and the conversations and spiritual direction. And he says, just thank you so much. I have been missing this the last 20 years, and I am filling up with God's grace. And that's what we want for you, friends, uh, even now as we are sharing with you on You Can Finish Well, Christly Leadership. This is such a great topic for us because all of us have felt grieved when a Christian leader fails. We hurt for the body of Christ as well as for that leader and for Jesus's heart himself. And God wants us to finish well, and we can finish well. I think about Paul talking to us about running the race, and we're all given a race to run in our leadership, in our life. And so it's an important topic. This is on our fifth session, our fifth teaching session together in the week of Relationally Healthy Leadership. We're going to give you just a little 12-minute clip here of an hour and a half session on this subject where we're talking about cultural versus Christly leadership and some of the things where we can subtly get kind of deceived and sucked into, some things that, that can influence us away from Christly leadership. And we're looking at leaders who finished well in the Bible, and we're looking at some who maybe had a fall like Peter, but were restored. And then we're talking a little bit about those who didn't finish well and why and what we can learn from them. And that message on you can be restored is so important because some of you listening have experienced a, a leadership failing or a moral failing in your life or a relationship failing. And it's uh, very tempting to get discouraged, uh, to feel ashamed and to feel disqualified for being continued to be used by the Lord in ministry. And 
the Bible is full of many stories of God uh, repairing broken lives, including broken leaders, and, and Peter's story is perhaps the most famous of them all. And so it's important that, that you know that wherever you are at in your journey with Jesus, uh, the hand of heaven reaches down to you with grace. And uh, yeah, as you were saying, Christy, I think all of us have been affected by having a pastor or leader that we look up to, whether it's been our, our own pastor or mentor or someone else uh, in the larger body of Christ, and we have been uh, disappointed and grieved to, to see them fall and to fail. And so these are reminders to uh, put our eyes back on Jesus, the master leader, and, of course, to pray for our fallen leaders, that they will be restored, that uh, God will, will work redemptively through this process in their, in their life, in their own story, and in, the, in their influence. And uh, as you're saying, we want to learn from these stories. And that's why the Bible is such an honest, authentic book that shows us uh, people who are broken, who have struggles, who have failed, people like you and me. Great. So... Picture yourself with us in this room full of leaders taking a little deeper dive into this subject. So we thank God for his grace to Peter and to us. So Peter is a leader who fell and was restored by the Lord. We need that hope as we deal with this subject. So page 84, you have an article there, Reasons Why Christian Leaders Fall. This is a really important subject for us because we are prone to fall, whether we're church pastors or not, and we have pastors around us who are prone to fall, and many of us have opportunity or will have opportunity to minister to pastors and leaders, and so understanding this, I think, is really important. So this article is especially drawing on Bobby Clinton's book, The Making of a Leader, and in that book, he says that few leaders finish well, giving us some happy news. He did a study of Bible leaders, and he said that in the Old Testament Israel, there were 33 evil kings and just five good kings. Among the Bible leaders that finished badly, Samson, Saul, Absalom, Ahab, many Bible leaders who finished badly in the Old Testament. Bible leaders who limped to the finish. Gideon, Eli, Solomon. Bible leaders who finished okay. David, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah. Bible leaders who finished well. And I added some women to the list, which was important to do. Uh, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, Ruth, Daniel, Esther, the Virgin Mary, Mary Magdalene, Peter, John, Paul. There are many encouraging men and women in the Bible who finished well. And a lot of the leaders in the Bible, we don't have a lot of data on, so it's sort of hard to ascertain. But in Bobby Clinton's research, he says, in the Bible, three-quarters of the leaders didn't finish well. In his observation, working with students, pastors, and leaders over a number of years, he found a similar sort of pattern in leaders that don't finish well. I mean, if it's anywhere near that bad, that three out of four... Christian leaders, people like us in this room, don't finish well. That is shocking, horrifying. It's like, wow, what makes us think we're going to beat those odds? I mean, we ought to be humbled by this. 
these four reasons Bobby Clinton gives why Christian leaders fall. These are very interesting. Lack of sovereign mindset. You know what a sovereign mindset is? Looking to God, looking to the Lord. You know, you're, you're the chief shepherd. You're in charge. You're the sovereign. You're my king. You're my master. And I submit to you. And to actually live that out operationally, the practical workings out of that, I think, keep us honest. You know, am I really submitted to God? Well, what person am I submitted to? And if there's no people that I'm submitting to, what makes me think I'm really submitting to God? Interestingly, he says the second reason is they haven't developed a ministry philosophy. So that's one of the reasons why we're working on that this week is because having uh, articulated expression of God's call on your life and why it matters helps you stay faithful to Jesus. I especially appreciated his third reason here. They don't have a close mentor. Leaders who fall don't have a close mentor. There are special challenges when you're a pastor, when you're a leader, in having your own pastor and your own leader. You might feel like people don't understand you. You might feel like, where's a safe place for me? The leadership can be lonely. Sort of the further along you go, the harder it might feel like it is to find someone that really understands you and has something to offer you. But it's so important that we keep finding a mentor, soul friends, people that we're, we share with and that we ask to empathize with us. We ask them to pray for us. We seek to learn from them. We need to be learners. And that's his fourth thing is, you know, if we stop learning, plateaued leaders, they stop learning. They stop reading. They stop reflecting on their experiences. They stop seeking feedback from others. It's not just like cognitive learning, but, you know, life learning, spiritual growth. For those of us who've been through seminary, it's easy to shut down after seminary or graduate school. Uh, you get tired of all that reading, and maybe it gets overdone in graduate school, and maybe we need a break. But coming back to being a lifelong learner is pretty important. Let's uh, pass the ball to Christy here. I think that there are some other factors worth noting. We're not going to spend a lot of time on vicarious trauma being a part of this. And, you know, when you are in ministry, you're going to experience vicarious trauma. And you can't just repress that because if you do, it's going to damage your soul. And you're going to act out of that. And that is a contribution to our falling. And so one of the things that... We want to draw your attention to core value here in Soul Shepherding in our institute is that you are responsible to shepherd your soul under Jesus, the good shepherd. We each need to take that responsibility as well and because we can easily turn into to kind of a victim mentality with this. And so it's important for us to take responsibility. Are we taking care of the soul God's entrusted to us? Are we participating in the trauma that's been done and, you know, just living and reactive or are we feeling sorry for ourselves and then trying to indulge in some little pleasure or in becoming entitled because we suffer so much for Christ rather than really taking responsibility to say, ministry has damaged my soul too and I need healing. I need repair. And so there's some... Give some, us an example of that. How does ministry damage our soul? Well, because as we suffer with people, we get triggered unconsciously even. Some of our core fears, we experience temptation to doubt God's goodness in that. When we're walking a journey with people that are suffering so much, that could be an example of that. We have to really watch our own attitudes about that. So we need to practice Sabbath 
and have that time of rest. That's a boundary. That's absence. It's these practices that can help us, that can be boundaries for us, protective boundaries, and can give us opportunities to recover and to care for our soul. We're giving a lot of empathy. There again, that's really important in ministry and being an ambassador of Jesus, but we need to receive empathy. And that needs to be ongoing. The giving and the receiving, that's part of why having a mentor and soul friend is so important, is having a context where you can be talking through and processing some of this and receiving empathy. Somebody that you can be talking to about even the expectations that are being put on you from others that you're ministering to, but also where you can be honest with your own expectations of yourself and where you're joining in with the enemy and you're under discouragement because you're not meeting your own expectations. We live in this culture today where we're exposed to so much comparison, temptation to comparison. You know, it didn't used to be that pastors had megachurch pastors to compare themselves to make them feel like they were failing or they were small. But now, I mean, that's there all the time. For all of us, we can all think of somebody that we feel like is succeeding in the ministry that we're doing better than us. And then we can start to criticize ourselves. We're not meeting our own expectations. Well, are those our expectations? Are those God's? Where's that discouragement coming from? We need to recheck our expectations. We get tripped up with this thinking that ministry is about success, right? And we get all these models of success held out to us, right? This is what it looks like to be successful in ministry. And that it can be a real temptation of the enemy. One of the things that's been so reorienting and helpful to Bill and I is to realize, well, are we measuring ourselves by the model of success that's held out for us? Or are we looking to the fruitfulness? See, if we read Scripture, it's about fruit and fruitfulness. It's not about success. I think we'll find in eternity some of the most fruitful people for God's kingdom we never would have seen as successful. Some key things I want to call out. The source of power in cultural leadership. We're making things happen by our own human gifts versus in spiritual leadership, Christy leadership. We're depending upon God's strength and God's wisdom, the gifts of of the spirit. Um, Let's look at this EQ one. In cultural leadership, we're denying, avoiding pain and conflict. But in spiritual leadership, we're aware of our personal emotions and needs. We're trusting God and we're submitting to him, which is what Bill talked about. We're in his kingdom, under his loving and good rule, right? Serving him. In the mission, culture leadership, we're meeting the felt needs of the market and letting that define us in our ministry and our success versus spiritual leadership, fulfilling God's call of our ministry to others. These are subtle differences, but they're really important. So this can be really reorienting for us to look at some of these examples. The outcomes, are we looking to applause or are we looking to glorify God? And are we looking to bless and love our neighbor like we talked about last night? These are important correctives for us because Satan will tempt us to fall into all these areas of cultural leadership. He tempted Jesus, right? Jesus was tempted in every way that we are. Jesus was tempted to turn the stones into bread, right? To to please himself or to even please Satan. 
Jesus was tempted to show forth his power externally. Throw yourself off this cliff. Be a hero, right? Save yourself. Impress people. Jesus was tempted to power. I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world, Satan said. But Jesus withstood those temptations. As we look to him and as we let ourselves grow in Christ-likeness and in his character, that's how we can stand, right, against these temptations, against these pressures. And we need to ask ourselves, what, what is it that we, what's a particular temptation that we're especially drawn to, that we find ourselves chasing? Did you hear about the greyhound dogs in Florida? They run in the, the racing stadium chasing a rabbit. One day, they caught the rabbit because it was a mechanical rabbit that they chased. And after catching it, they were ruined as race dogs because it was the chase that kept them going. What are you chasing? Because if you're chasing the wrong thing, once you catch it, you're going to be done with because it won't fulfill. Who is a leader in your life? that you want to see finish well. Who do you know that needs to be with us at the Soul Shepherding Institute talking about these important issues and opportunities? Is God asking you to do something, to be a part of issuing his invitation to them? You can send this podcast to them, share it with them, or share the page on our soulshepherding.org website. You can even help them raise funds if finances are preventative. And certainly, we urge you to pray for them, that your prayers are effective in helping them to be able to finish well. Yeah, the question you're asking, Christy, is who cares for the pastor who cares for you? That's right. Every pastor needs a pastor. Every counselor needs a counselor. Every spiritual director needs a spiritual director. We need to be in the position in our leadership where we are serving what God's cooking in the kitchen of our soul. And uh, we need to be feeding. We need to be learning. We need to be receiving empathy and mentoring and uh, gleaning from the scriptures and so forth so that our service to the Lord can be an overflow. That's really the key to spiritual leadership. So uh, thanks for tuning in with us. Let's close in prayer. Gracious Father in the heavens, always near, we thank you for Jesus, our life leader, the light of heaven and the light of the world, the very best leader in history and on earth today. And so we look to you, Jesus, as the leader of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for what you are speaking to us about our hurt places, about our failings, about God's hopes for our life and our leadership. And we pray, Lord, that for each one of us, that by your grace, you would activate us to uh, new uh, intimacy with you, new levels of, of trust and discipleship to you, new gleanings in our soul that we might more powerfully and poignantly overflow with your mercies that are new every morning, sharing your love and your wisdom with the people around us in our circles of leadership. And we each thank you for the influence that you have given us. Each one of us has an influence And we offer that to you that it might grow, that we might help more people follow Jesus with us. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Our mission is to train you to thrive with Jesus in your life and leadership. The best way we can do that is in our Soul Shepherding Institute retreats with the added training to earn a certificate in the Ministry of Spiritual Direction. We'd love to have you and your friends join us in our institute. We have a new cohort starting soon.